What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Stock Bros Podcast. My name is Tony. So today we are going to talk about how to research a company part two. But first, please subscribe to our channel. We appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Also, I have some uh, links if you want to get started with investing. You can use Acorns in the description below. Uh, Acorns is uh, is an app that has pre-made portfolios. You can invest your spare change. It does it all for you. It's really easy. And then also we have one for public. If you don't, if your brokerage doesn't have access to fractional shares, you can use public. You can buy in most ETFs and stocks for as little as a dollar. And if you wanted to get started in Bitcoin, you can use our link to Coinbase to get started in that. All right, so I had to get those out of the way. So part two, how to research stocks. If you haven't seen part one yet, you can go ahead and watch that after you watch this. Um, in part one, I talked about five metrics that I use to research companies before I buy them. And in this video, we're going to talk about five more. So you're going to have 10 total, be a nice 10-point checklist is what I like to call it. So let's get started. The first metric that we're going to talk about today is called the price to book ratio. Now, the price to book ratio is how a stock price matches up with the true value of the actual company. So to get a price to book ratio, you would take the market per share or the market price per share, sorry. So market price per share divided by book value per share equals PB ratio, price to book ratio. Once again, market price per share divided by book value per share equals PB ratio, price to book ratio. Now, typically investors like to see a ratio between one and three. A price to book ratio that's greater than one means that the stock price is trading at a premium to the company's book value. So for instance, if a company's, if a company with a price uh, price to book value of three, if this if a company had a price to book ratio of three, that means that the stock is trading at three times the company's current book value, right? So if it's trading at three, that means it's trading at three times a company's book value. So investors typically like to buy companies when they're three or lower. So as a result, if it's higher than three, you may be buying in while it's overvalued. So this is a very simple metric to find. A lot of people ask, where can you find these things? Luckily for me, I use Fidelity and Fidelity is amazing. They have amazing free research data. They actually have a lot of this data listed for free right on the app when I go to look up a stock. Uh, they have Morningstar reports. It's excellent. If you don't have Fidelity, you can look at Zax.com, excellent source for finding this information, or Yahoo Finance. Now, what you would need to find this information is, once again, you would need the market price per share, which you can open up your brokerage account and do and get the share price right there. And then you would need the book value per share. You can go to Zax.com or Yahoo Finance, type in your, your stock, your ticker, your ticker symbol for whatever company you're researching, 
and then you can find the book value per share and you divide those two numbers and that's your PB ratio. As simple as that, right? Now if the PB ratio is over three, you'll know maybe this company is overvalued right now, maybe I shouldn't buy it. Now, I'm gonna give you an example. I like to use Apple as my examples all the time. I looked into Apple's price to book ratio this past quarter. Their price to book ratio was over, it was 3.8. Now what does that mean? That means that it's 3.8 times, 3.8 times the company's book value. So that tells you that Apple is a little bit over, overvalued right now. So that doesn't mean that you shouldn't buy it. If you wanted to buy it right now and you're holding it for 10 years, it may not really matter. But uh, that's it because it's Apple. You may not want to do that with a less prestigious company. So that's price to book ratio. Pretty simple. The next metric is market capitalization. Now this is another one that's really easy to find right on your brokerage account. Every brokerage account has this data. Market capitalization, better known as market cap. Now market cap measures what a company is worth on the open market. So what is market cap? How do we determine market cap? Well, market cap is all of the company's shares times the company's share price, okay? So if a company has a thousand shares and their stock is trading at $2 per share on the market, what would that mean? That would mean their market cap is $2,000, 1,000 times $2, 1,000 shares times $2 a share equals $2,000 market cap. Now, there's a couple different categories of market caps. You have a small, you have a mid, and you have a large market cap. When you're evaluating companies, market caps help you compare companies in similar ranges. Now, small cap companies are un considered on a billion dollars or under, or under a billion dollars. Mid cap companies are one billion to $10 billion. Large cap companies are 10 billion plus. So market caps can fluctuate all day long because of the share prices. Share price goes up, the market cap goes up. Share price goes down, the market cap goes down. The other thing is if the number of outstanding shares goes down, the market cap goes down. If the number of shares goes up, the market cap goes up. So the market cap is all reliant on the amount of outstanding shares, and the share price. Pretty simple. This is how you figure out what size cap a company is in, right? Now, large cap companies are considered safer investments. If you're new, you're probably gonna wanna stick to some large cap companies, those blue chip large cap companies, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Te uh, Tesla is now considered a large cap company. Facebook, uh, there's so many, Johnson & Johnson. Now, that's because these are well-established companies they typically pay a dividend. They are considered slow growers, so they're gonna be more slow growth, but sometimes that's not always the case because as we saw the last year, tech companies just took off. Now, small to mid-cap companies are considered more risky investments, but they also could bring a lot higher growth potential. 
obviously we all know Amazon started out in a garage and Apple started out in Steve Jobs' basement. So, you know, these were once small cap companies that grew into large cap companies. So that's why when you're using an app like Acorns, I know back to my Acorns reference, when you're using an app like Acorns, they build these balanced portfolios for you with large cap, medium cap, small cap companies. So that way you don't miss out on potential growth from a small cap company that may grow to be huge one day and become a large cap company. So in essence, the bottom line is you can use a market cap to see a company's overall value on the market. All right. So the next one metric, I don't know if I want to call this a metric, but the next thing I would use to uh, determine if I wanted to invest in a company or not is company leadership. A company is only as good as its leadership, right? Who are the CEOs? Who are the decision makers? Who are the big investors in the company? Like, for instance, Bank of America. Warren Buffett is a huge investor in Bank of America, right? That, like, that would bring so much comfort to me if I wanted to buy Bank of America. Having someone like him supporting Bank of America is a huge asset. Now, what is the company's track record as well with the current CEO in place? Is the company trend, profits trending down or are they trending up? These are things you want to look at. Where was the CEO of this company prior to being the CEO of this company? What other companies did he work for? What was his track record with the other companies? His or her. What was his or her track record? Um, I asked myself if I owned a company, would I feel good about the particular man or woman running the company that I may want to buy? Would I feel good about them running my company? So who are the men or the women running these companies? Now, the next metric is dividends. Now, this isn't really a make or break thing. Uh, if a company doesn't pay a dividend, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not primarily a dividend investor, but it's nice to get paid while you're sleeping, right? Who doesn't like to get paid when you're doing nothing? Now, dividends are when a company shares their profits with their shareholders. Dividends are typically cash payments. They're paid out quarterly. What they'll do is they'll send you a cash payment. You can take that cash and reinvest it back into that company and buy more shares of that company. And it's free money. Why wouldn't you want a dividend, right? And the great thing about dividends is when the market was crashing last year or even in this past September, we had a really bad September, I lost a lot of profits but it, I wasn't really concerned because I was still making hundreds of dollars just in dividends. So it's just a nice little bonus to the capital appreciation you may get from a company. So lastly, I'll say is I'm not saying go out there and chase dividends. But and companies that don't pay dividends isn't necessarily a bad thing because they may be using that money to reinvest into the company. But. I just like looking for companies that have dividends. You know, it's an added bonus. Now, finally, the last thing that I look for is market and social sentiment of a company. I know it sounds ridiculous, right? 
But it's important nowadays because we live in a social media world where every little thing every CEO does is scrutinized and you need to know what's going on with the social sentiment of the company. Now, market sentiment refers to the overall consensus of a stock or the stock market as a whole. Now, market sentiment is bullish when prices are up and it's bearish when prices are going down, right? So one of the indicators I look at for market sentiment is the 50-day moving average. Once again, I have Fidelity, so this is available to me on the app, available to me on the app. If you don't have this available in your brokerage app, which most people do, you can use something called barchart.com. It's a really good site. I look at 50-day moving averages all the time. It's one of the most widely respected technical indicator amongst investors looking for excellent growth stocks or for potential breakout periods. So the 50-day moving average can be used as a buy point reference. Um, most investors may add to their position when a stock pulls back to the 50-day line. And this buying creates upward pressure or support to help keep a stock above the 50-day moving average. So if it falls below the moving average, that may be concerning and may be showing uh, some weakness in the company. And if it goes above the moving at day average, it's a, it's a show of strength in the company. So uh, it's not everything, but it's a good indicator for the company. And I, I actually use this a lot when I'm looking at buying into VLO or S&P 500 ETFs if I want to drop a larger chunk of money into it rather than, you know, I dollar cost average every week. But sometimes I may want to buy a couple shares at once. So I'll say, all right, where's the 50-day moving average? And sometimes I'll buy some shares based on that. So you can find that information on barchart.com if you don't have it on your brokerage app. So uh, social sentiment is another good way to, to quickly gauge a company. And there's a lot of different social sentiment uh, uh, factors out there and if if you're if the sentiment's positive, that's a good always a good thing. You know, if you're investing in companies where people believe in the company, they feel good about the company, it's a good thing. If you're investing in a company where people don't feel good about the company or it's a negative social sentiment, that's not a good thing. And you know, you'd have to and if it's negative or positive, you want to look into the factors on why it is negative or positive as well and determine for yourself if that really matters if you're going to be investing into the company. A lot of times for me, it may not matter at all, and sometimes it matters a lot. So those are the five metrics I have today, and that's 10 total. And you can kind of look at these as a 10-point checklist to gauge whether or not a company is financially uh, financially strong and healthy. And uh, it's just a, it's a good reference point. It's a good way to quickly analyze a company and you can take all these these checkpoints, all these 10 checkpoints, and you can look at a company yourself and practice with these and probably figure all this information out within two hours. Maybe not even, maybe an hour. It's not that hard. Now, someone asked me, where do I find information? Like I said, I, I use Fidelity a lot for a lot of my information, but if you don't have Fidelity, you can use Morningstar, you can use Yahoo Finance, Bar Charts, you can use uh, MarketWatch is another one. I love MarketWatch. 
So there's so much, there's so much information out there. It's not hard to find and a simple Google search. will find a lot of this for you sometimes. So once again, use our links below. Invest in, uh, you can get a $5 invested for Acorns or you get a free stock with public if your brokerage doesn't offer ETFs or fractional share purchasing for ETFs or stocks. And if you want to jump into crypto, you can use our link for Coinbase. Now, crypto is a lot more risky than stocks. Don't put any money that you can't afford to lose. Um, and I think Bitcoin might be the best way to go. Personally, that's how I feel. I'm not saying that's what you should do. But um, if you are going to invest in a cryptocurrency, it seems like Bitcoin's the safest. So, But thanks for joining in. I appreciate it. And until next time.